0: Welcome, fellow wine lovers! This is the Wine Ghosts Podcast. I'm Maté Vosch, sommelier and seeker of hidden stories behind the wine labels. For wine tasting clips and video interviews with my guests, please look for the Wine Ghosts on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. But now, please grab a glass and listen to how today's ghosts got out of the bottle. I was lucky enough to record the 30th Wine Ghost podcast in a classical villa, built in 1888 in the picturesque Traisen village, now region, Germany. This proud wine castle is home to the Crucius Wintner family that has been making wine for 14 generations now. Rebecca Crucius, one of the youngest members of the family, was kind enough to host us in their dazzling tasting room for a genuine conversation and an impressive tasting. So, if you are in a position to follow up on this podcast in video format, please feel free to watch our chat with Rebecca on the Vine Ghosts YouTube or Instagram channel. Rebecca has been telling us about characteristic vineyard sites like the Bastai Gigi, which is the smallest and one of the most fascinating Grand Cru sites in Germany. And believe me, that's something you wanted to see on video on the Vine Ghosts Instagram and YouTube channel as well. She also interpreted the different bedrock structures like red volcanic soil and loam, and what can you expect from different Cruises Gigi wines. Other than that, you can learn about unique grape varieties like Auxerrois and Früburgunder and the different phases of the Nile wine region. We also go a bit off topic and put the wine world in a bit broader perspective while tasting some of the best, crucious wines. I hope you liked this episode and try some of these beautiful wines soon. And by the way, my favorite wine ghost was the Riesling group at this time. Cheers!
1: So we are sitting here in this beautiful tasting room, which was renewed in
2: and, uh, five years ago. So five years ago, two fifteen, yeah.
1: Two fifteen with uh, Rebecca Crucius. So thank you very much for your time and welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you.
3: Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you.
1: And um, maybe we should just begin where we are sitting, maybe where we are located, and uh, about maybe this microclimate and a little bit about uh, the winery itself. How big is it? And
2: okay. Yes, yeah, so um our winery is in the small village of Treisen, which is a part of the na valley mm-hmm. so in our region and um, we're more of a cool climate wine region and um, we have uh, the most are the most different soils in any region in Germany. so we have over 180 soils and in every winery you will go you will find different soils we have Four or five main soils we have for winemaking, and um, the winery itself is we have 22 hectares, mm-hmm. um, 55% Riesling, 25% Pinot Blanc, and um, the rest is our different Pinot varieties Gris, um Pinot Noir, Pinot Madeleine, mm-hmm. uh, Pinot Munier as well. Mm. Yeah, so um, and then we're It's a family-owned winery. So my parents, my sister and me are working inside the winery. My um, mother is mostly doing the customer contact and Mm day-to-day business. My sister is in export and sales. Um, My father and me are doing all day-to-day business and production, which means vineyards, cellar work. Um, For me, um, the fairs as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm Mm -hmm. outside in sales too. I'm basically everywhere
0: was nice. in yeah. the cellar.
2: Yeah, cellar for sure. So mm-hmm. um, I started full time in our winery back in February of 2018, okay. So it's like about a year I've been here. So mm-hmm. and there is now a slow process process of me taking more and more um, action in the cellar and mm-hmm. my father. Less, <laughs> so it's it's this process, yeah.
1: And what wh- what did you have the affinity maybe to winemaking? It's fully from the family, or did you also have some internships which really?
2: Uh, yeah, um, I first of all, I, I never wanted to be a winemaker first, mm-hmm. and I um, I have three older siblings, and they were all studying business, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, yeah, that's same. I'll be uh, studying business administration as well. Yeah. And Then after a year, I was like that. That's no way. I, I don't want I, I to sit on a, on a desk and um, mm. that's nothing for me. And then I started staying uh, or I applied to Geisenheim and um, I did some internships. And my first internship was in um, Franconia with Max Müller in Volkach. And then I started in Geisenheim and then I did um, another internship in Rheinhessen with Dreisigacker. Mm-hmm. Then I went and, had, and did an internship in um, in the Okanagan Valley in Canada, okay. with the poplar Grove, and then I've been at Breuer, at Rangau. Hmm.
1: Yeah. And in uh, uh, Canada you work mostly with Rieslingston, probably? Uh,
2: actually not. There were okay. um, Half of the production were Pinot Gris, and the other ones were the, the international wine, mm-hmm. or the international varieties such as Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon. It was more the fun internship where Mm -hmm. um you see all the stuff you won't be doing later or not (laughs) not, like where you're not focusing on Mm -hmm. but um it was quite a fun internship because it was so different from traditional winemaking in the traditional winemaking countries because Mm -hmm. they're all there are no rules no boundaries they're Mm -hmm. way more open-minded about winemaking so Mm -hmm. it was quite fun
1: and it was like a big impression on you like maybe in terms of winemaking the seller work
2: um it showed you more how winemaking is used as as a business not as only as tradition and, okay. and like the romantic side it was more like how do you make wine for just for the market and it was, i think it was a good teaching point mm-hmm. but it, it i wouldn't say it would influence my style of, okay. of, of how i make riesling
1: mm-hmm. so, just a fun other yeah. point of view <laughs>
2: yeah i mean all internships are good for it, seeing what you could do and what you could adapt, but also for what you don't want to adapt. Mm-hmm. So this is what yeah. both sides are, sides are good for, for your... Uh, I don't
1: know. <laughs> and do you maybe, if you also talk about tradition, because you have a long tradition, mm-hmm. right, in winemaking in your family?
2: Yeah, so uh, our name in combination with the uh, winemaking in this village is first mentioned in 1576, mm-hmm. so I'm the 14th generation. Mm-hmm. And... Um, my grandfather um, changed the winery from agricultural and winemaking to just winemaking. Mm-hmm. So, in, in the 50s, and he started directly with bottled wines. So, mm-hmm. he never did bulk, bulk wine, which was usual for the time. Mm-hmm. So, quite early, we had the, the, the thought of quality wines in our family. Mm-hmm. So, and then, um, end of the 70s, start of the 80s, my, my father joined the winery. Mm-hmm and um in 84 we joined vdp okay so we were quite fast in the um yeah, in, in the quality wine business mm-hmm. and then since mid 80s my my father was a main winemaker and uh yeah then i started studying in 2015
1: mm-hmm. and what does it mean in, maybe in a daily day-to-day business so to say that you are the fourteenth generation. Do you maybe look back sometimes or think what they would have done? Or
2: mm. um, I often think about what my what my grandfather would have done because mm-hmm. I, I I still I all my memories I have were always also working. Okay. No matter how old he was, so mm-hmm. he was always there and. Um yeah for sure there is a slight pressure on you mm-hmm. because, but I well our parents never expected from us to work in the winery they would mm-hmm. have said if no one would have done it mm-hmm. would have sold it or would have found another solution mm-hmm. so we were free to do whatever we wanted and um but I mean yeah if you think about it 14 generations yeah there's slight pressure there's on it, yeah. <laughs> but I try to not think about it that much so, yeah <laughs> but I mean the um, beautiful thing is that you know that you're there to take care of what generations have taken care of, right? So, and I mean the buildings. Where the building we're sitting in is from 1888. Mm-hmm. The cellar is from 1890. So mm. it's, you work with the tradition all day.
1: Yeah, and you have this feeling probably also, right? If you like step inside this house, you kind of feel the. Yeah. The history, somehow. So,
2: yeah, somehow, sometimes, right, yeah. there's always, like, sometimes where you think, wow, I mean, we have barrels from 1890, yeah. I, they're not How? used anymore, sadly, the... but still, I mean, there's yeah. all this stuff.
1: Yeah, and some people go to museums to see something yeah. like that, and then you have yeah. it We
2: could fill a museum with <laughs> stuff from wine making we have here. Yeah.
1: Mm. And do you also have maybe old, like, records, what kind of grape varieties did they plant, and and what, what kind of wines did they drink? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Like, that far back we don't have any records. Mm. I just know what what happened after, like, or starting from my grandfather, uh-huh. and which were which was always Riesling mm-hmm. as main main point or main mm-hmm. grape, and um, also some grapes that were usual for the time, like canna, okay. stuff like this. Um, but also my grandfather started quite early with the Pinot Blanc, so which was not common here in our region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and why? I think he just wanted to, or maybe he saw some potential in it, wanted to try, Mm -hmm. and um, it kind of gotten some part of our philosophy to just try stuff, because Mm -hmm. in your day-to-day business, why making, I mean, everyone has his day-to-day business, right? You always want to try new things, and then my father worked with a lot of um, different grapes for his dissertation, Mm -hmm. and then... Um, he just said, "Yeah, why not? I've always I always only have a small plot, and mm. like this, the amount you plant there won't matter for your all-in-all production." Mm-hmm. And he always says, "Why not try? Mm-hmm. I don't know." We also have a tiny plot of vetina okay as well, so hmm. which is really not common in our region. Yeah, right. <laughs> really not. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, that's how uh-huh. how things are done here. Just try and trial and yeah. error basically. Yeah.
1: Hmm. And you also own kind of the same plots or same vineyards what your uh, ancestors did?
2: Yeah, so mm. we have uh, some vineyards that have been in the family for hundreds of years. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. And also, I mean, we've grown a lot. Mm-hmm. So my father took over with uh, seven point five
1: hectares, and now we're twenty-two. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. And that's all, all in like one. How how far is it? Uh,
2: the first four way away is um, 15 kilometers, okay. which is all the wine um, vineyards in Schloss Berkeheim, which are Kupfergrube Felsenberg, mm-hmm. which are quite known for the region.
1: Yeah. Okay, and you you have mostly your own family working in the vineyard or your own mm-hmm. old friends, or how do um,
2: you...? Actually, we're, uh, we have one... Um, one main worker Mm -hmm. and um, an apprentice every year and then we have uh, people from Romania actually helping us. Right now we have four women here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and depending on the season we have from zero zero to almost 20 people working here. In Harvest it's it's about 20 people Mm -hmm. in the vineyards. like we have had germans and old friends and people from the village but it's nothing that is sustainable anymore they, mm-hmm. nobody wants to work in the vineyards in germany mm. because the work is too hard and um we have i don't know say i don't know four or five families from romania that we all know and know mm-hmm. have known for years they've mm-hmm. known me since i was uh, little and um they've been coming for for many many years and mm. so they're quite reliable we know what we want to uh, know what uh, they need and they know what mm. we need in the vineyards so that's
1: mm. perfect and can you manage it in, during this crisis to to bring them over
2: it was a challenge um, or you smuggled it, them maybe yeah. <laughs> we had quite a few uh flights um cancelled and delayed and everything we had our we had workers here before the crisis started and um they wanted to leave but weren't allowed mm. and then they stayed here did some um, asparagus work actually for someone okay. else because we had have had no work for them no. and then they came back and we've had work work again. Mm-hmm. I mean I think they stayed six or eight weeks longer than they wanted mm-hmm. and um, then they were ready to fly home and uh, we were just loading up the car and then we got the uh, text now flight is cancelled and, <laughs> and again so they somehow made it with the with the bus or a car mm-hmm. they just they.
0: Found they, the worked,
2: they found a <laughs> way. Yeah, and um, the flight. So now we've got four women, and they flew in, and that worked out fine. So mm-hmm. there was no cancellation. Nothing mm-hmm. worked out fine. It was just harder to get them back home. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that I think. And maybe about your microclimate and uh, mm-hmm. also about this special vineyard, uh, especially the GGs. Yeah. So how would you uh, define? Maybe each of these uh, characters and the Gigi, uh lage, the Gigi vineyards, because you have a lot of soil types or rock types mm-hmm. in the vineyards and also a lot of microclimates as well, or they are mostly similar.
2: Um, I mean, every, every vineyard is different, right? Because mm. some are faced differently, or mm-hmm. some is, um, there's more rocks on the soil, some like Um, But if you see our five GGs um, right before you, um, we start with Steinberg, which is where the soil is porphyry, so okay. red volcanic soil, mm-hmm. and it's a vineyard which we replanted recently. So mm-hmm. there's an old part and a young part, and the young part was a vineyard. Many many years ago, and and not in our winery and mm-hmm. now we've replanted the vineyard. Mm-hmm. And it's faced from um, southeast to southwest, so we have all the exposure of the sun. Mm-hmm. It's super steep, mm-hmm. almost no like fine soil. It's all just mm-hmm. just, just rocks basically. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a quite it's a cool vineyard, and it's um, it's quite young, so it's the lighter GG. Mm-hmm. Or the one part is quite young of the vineyard, and it's a lighter GG, more, more fruit, fruity, and um, it has a good acidity to it, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's growing into being a big GG. Mm-hmm. And then it has a like this is one of the best plots of Treis rotenfels and then we have um its partner vineyard, which is Mühlberg, mm-hmm. which is also a GG. And this is more mature, more um, it's still fruity or fruit based, I'd say. It's citrus, um, white peach, mm-hmm. which is for me classic Nile Riesling. But mm-hmm. I mean, you won't find the classic Nile Riesling because of all those soils. Mm-hmm. And um, there we have more loam in the in the soil, but um, also the profilery. And if you compare those two next to each other, this is the more grown-up version of of a fruit-based Gigi, mm-hmm. and then we have two cool cigar bags from Böckheim, which is a completely different soil, it's Mellar-Pyre. okay so this is black volcanic soil, which has a lot of air in it and mm-hmm. a lot of different other tiny stones, mm-hmm. and um, all, all in all the taste is more, I would even say darker, mm-hmm. and um, more herbs more salty less less um primary fruit Uh so this is quite cool so to have the the complete contrast and this is um all right these are true vignettes felsberg is just like completely sub-facing steep slopes Mm -hmm. a lot of rocks like quite typical and then kupfergrube is um right next to felsenberg which is same soil almost same exposition to the sun but it has also a small cliff behind it which is all like this black volcanic soil which gets super hot in summer Mm -hmm. and um the wines are always felsenberg is always the one that needs the most time and is um to get to where it needs to be and Mm -hmm. it's more the i don't know how how to say it more it's a difficult part i'd say it's like the difficult gg it's always the one where um i'd say hobby wine drinkers have, a, have their problems and all the like, songs and people from restaurants they're like oh this is the best one right uh-huh. because it's so hard to get uh-huh. yeah and copper has um, a little bit more acidity to it mm-hmm. so it's um, always the straighter one like in comparison to and then our um most important and most famous GG is Bastai, mm. which is the smallest GG blood, as I know in Germany, mm-hmm. um, which is right underneath the cliff of two hundred meters. So, um, and this is just right underneath the cliff. All the all the rocks are gathered right from the cliff that okay. fall down there, uh-huh. and that's where the plants grow. So there's just rocks.
1: This is the one next to the road.
2: Yeah, did you drive that, by? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what
1: we sort of Like. Of. For these people, they just mm-hmm. found a little piece of land and they cultivate wine Yeah,
2: I mean, uh, there's two VDP wineries in this plot, and mm-hmm. it's um, back and Has.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, okay. and, um, yeah. You are in good company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. And um, it's such a weird place, right? Because it's right underneath the 200 meter cliff, right next to road, right mm-hmm. next to railroad, mm-hmm. right next to Nahr River. Mm-hmm. So there's no no space, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> it gets it's still steep slope, but that, super short slopes. And mm. um, it's south facing as well. So it's summer, it gets really, really hot there. Mm-hmm. Um, we work there until 9 a.m. maybe, and then it's too hot in summer. <laughs> so it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, also, the river acts like kind of mirror and heats it up as well.
1: Yeah? It doesn't, yeah, doesn't doesn't uh, cool down.
2: Uh, no, will not cool down. The river is too small, actually. Um, so they will have water. Uh-huh. They the roots are connected to water, but the um, river will help heat up the area. So okay. it's quite hot, quite rocky, and but still connected to water, which makes it so such an intense wine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And then maybe you could also plant more red varieties here, also also in the region. In the
2: region. I'd say so, yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of, or in my opinion, a lot of riesling plots are also well, or uh, um, also good plots for uh, Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. right? Um, but for me, it's not, uh, I don't know, nothing to focus on. Right? Mm. I, I, I will do riesling as long as, as it works. Yeah. But I mean, we will see what happens with the climate change. Mm-hmm. I don't know in twenty years. I don't know best vineyards, which are. Super hot right now. Uh, will maybe be too hot. Yeah. I would say there's gonna be change in winemaking quality, mm-hmm. or we have to change our view of winemaking quality maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are some people that are doing way more reds than we do. I mean, for us it's two or three percent.
1: But you also good. have a uh, pretty uh, rare uh, red grape variety, which is there. Yes. Or Pinot Madeleine.
2: Yeah. Um, I it it was one of those those varieties when my father, which my father just uh, saw and liked, and he, mm-hmm. was, he was trying it out. Mm-hmm. And we do a, a blonde noir and a red
1: out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you find its acting in the vineyard?
2: Mm, actually, quite good. It doesn't. We don't have it on our best vineyards because mm-hmm. those are reserved for Rieslings, mm-hmm. for sure. So, um, but it's doing quite good. Sometimes it's a little bit slow in growth, and but I mean,
1: mm-hmm. but yeah. it's also very or quite early ripening, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's uh, the last year it's been the first vignette we harvested, at least for Blanquette. Uh huh. So,
1: and also, the, but that's also before the reasoning or only before the pinot Um,
2: oh, before everything, it's okay. actually the first one of all of them. Oh. mm mm-hmm. Um, but if you, for reds, maybe a little later, but one of the first two weeks, maybe. Hmm. And um, Pinot Noirs, if you say harvest is six weeks, I'd say the last three to four weeks are Riesling, and um, in the middle it's gonna be Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. So, and okay. Pinot Pinot Madeleine, always the first
1: one. The first one.
2: At least okay. for the Blonde Noir.
1: Mm-hmm. And another quite rare grape variety or not so typical is Oxera, what you yes. have. And uh, this variety, how it's also an experiment from your grandfather?
2: Yeah, it used to be an experiment uh, from my father actually, mm-hmm. but um, it soon got into uh, one of our main um, varieties. We almost have 10% of Oxera, mm-hmm. uh, so we have two hectares. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's quite gotten quite important because one of our main wines, which is not Riesling, is mm-hmm. the West which is almost fifty-fifty blend of Pinot Blanc and Oxo, mm-hmm. and it, we think it it's a kind of good variety to get that creamy, elegant Pinot Blanc, to a little bit more, a little, little bit more juicy, a little mm-hmm. bit more bite to it, and okay. um, it's one of those wines that's just for easy drinking, like pettier wine, right? Mm-hmm. And it's getting, it's quite known at least in the area it's one of those wines that the people from here drink a lot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um, that's why it's quite important and um, we use Oxora in different in other plants as well Mm -hmm. and um, yeah we just every year they we try something new and for example we did the sparkling out of Oxora, which is Mm -hmm. um, which was I don't know in the end 13 months on the lease, so mm-hmm. it was quite champagne-like, mm-hmm. which did work well with the, with the um, aromas of the Oxford. Mm-hmm.
1: But it has a kind of a milder acidity, right? A milder yes. than, yeah. than a Riesling or a Pinot Blanc even.
2: Yeah, it's even milder than a Pinot Blanc, and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah, it is. But I don't know, we kind of got to know how to work with it. It's, okay. it's not the easiest grape variety. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we found our way with it and um, it's quite good. Yeah, I think we're in our region. We're the second biggest grower of Oxford. Mm. So.
1: because it's known in mostly in Alsace, right? Uh, yeah,
2: I, I know it from Alsace, from Baden as mm-hmm,
1: well. Okay. Um,
2: yeah, and Luxembourg, also mm. upper, upper Mosul. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And do you also taste those wines?
2: Uh, the Oxoros, Yeah, yeah. I, I try to, but you, you don't find them that often.
1: Yeah. So, yeah yeah for sure. yeah yeah well, because that's in really interesting just how not only maybe in a we care about what, what you can get mm-hmm. in in answers but as a single variety it's really pretty hard to get so
2: yeah for sure uh,
1: but it's it would be interesting so maybe can we taste the first wine then <laughs>
2: <laughs> for sure this is a dry uh, interview so far so. <laughs>
1: Oh, and you have glass? No, no, it's just for, no?
2: for um, convenience. Oh, you know? okay. So we use um, cork and screw cap. Okay. So in the um, basic to medium quality is screwed, and then mm-hmm. up, um, in the upper quality it's with the cork.
1: Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah. and, and why, actually? It's only for... to, to show maybe the quality also with, um, um, with the cork? Or? Actually,
2: no. It's um, for us... So, it's also um a generation thing right so my sister started earlier in the winery as as i did and um she always fought for a screw cap because Mm -hmm. it's it's more convenient it's more um i know it's just it just makes sense business wise right because it's so much cheaper yeah and also for the wines that i drank uh or that are supposed to be drunk in the first one or two years it's just why why should you put a cork yeah. on it, right because yeah, you want corks and ones that are supposed to um evolve and mm. have some time and um, then we started uh screw caps last year and now we're up at i don't know 60 70 percent of production are screwed which mm-hmm. or our screw caps and uh, we're quite happy with it actually, mm. but I, I still want the erste Lager and große Lager to be caught. because those are wines that I see more time with than or more time to ripen than just just a year. Mm-hmm. So I just want to have that still that influence, and also I think it's kind of it just shows the quality you you buy, right? Yeah, true. And I mean, we talked about the tradition, just yeah. I don't know. It's just it just belongs yeah, yeah. It it, right?
1: so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because I, uh, I think glass corks, I actually a cool way in between. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, they were, they never really like took off in Germany. Mm-hmm. I think the machines are quite expensive. I think, and then this um, the silicone ring mm-hmm. isn't, or people weren't sure with it how it would influence the wine. Okay. Um, I. Th- I did some tastings where um, all the different kinds of uh, closures were compared to each other mm-hmm. but we haven't gotten to like a conclusion <laughs> a uh-huh. good conclusion about it so hmm.
1: because I think it's a, it's a bit more expensive than a, a, a screw cap right mm-hmm. but not nearly as much as
2: I cool. don't actually know the prices for it. Mm. we just use them for uh quite for, the for already open, open yeah. Drink, yeah, which yeah, is okay. quite easy mm-hmm. quite good yeah
1: Thank you. And what are we drinking now?
2: So right now we have the connection um, blend in our glass. Uh, uh-huh. It's um, nineteen, uh, so two thousand nineteen vintage. Um, so the blend is one of us. We do a lot of blends just for, I don't know, again, as I said, a lot of trial and error in this family. Right. And um, we were always trying to find or do the blend that's purely made out of Pinot or white Pinot varieties, Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, that's how we've gotten to this one, which is 40% each Auxerrois, Pinot Blanc, then 10% each Pinot Gris and Mm Charmé, but I mean, the parts vary every year, it's Mm -hmm. just about, and um, the small partners often are uh, fermented on oak barrels, so we have this light oakiness, um, Mm -hmm. which makes it more full bodied and um, i think it's quite good partner for food and for uh, like pasta dishes for chicken Mm. rice and um, it works quite well in in restaurants as well and it's one of those people pleasers without being completely old chardonnay right
1: Mm. yeah so the nose, I think it was very feminine, so to say. It's very delicate, really, very elegant nose and very white, whitish. I would say mm-hmm. it's a really white peach flash, and yes. this kind of white flowery nose. It's apple blossom and you know, this really, um, this light, elegant nose. But but the palette, it has more weight than I expected. Yeah. And it really has some, some some mid-palate so mm-hmm. to say, it doesn't just run through and that's it, but it sits a bit on the mouth, really, really nice aromas, really ripe aromas, but mm-hmm. very light, elegant wine. How would you maybe describe it, or what's your aim on base with this kind of cuvée?
2: I mean, your description was quite good so far, so um, yeah, our aim is to find a wine that is, yeah, medium weight. Mm-hmm. Um, but a higher quality than any day-to-day drinking yeah. Pinot Blanc, right? Yeah. So, and you want a wine that has the potential to age for mm-hmm. a few years mm-hmm. and will still get better, but it's also um, also ready to drink right after bottling. And this is where the light oak- oakiness mm-hmm. comes into play because you want want some smoothness and mm. um, no acid- I'd say it's elegant and it's smooth, but there is no corners. So yeah. Like it's, exactly. Yeah, and um, that's not nothing you would want from a wine that's just it's just supposed to be paired well with a lot of foods and mm. um, just goes well and easy drink as still easy drinking but more more weight to it. Yeah. And um, which just wants you to make to drink the wine and like get another glass or get another bottle.
1: Yeah, true, and that's uh, the aim is mm-hmm. comp- uh, not compromise. So no, I was
2: I I'd say that's an but that's the aim for almost every wine we make because in the end, no matter how complicated or how easy drinking you you produce a wine, yeah. in the end you want to have wine that you want to have another glass of or for another bottle because the taste in the end is yeah. the most important thing, right? Yeah. So.
1: We actually just had the white asparagus with sauce bernice, oh. I think that would be perfect with yeah, this one. Yeah, that sounds
2: good. Yeah,
1: But also quite long after this, so, but, but the acidity is very well integrated. So mm-hmm. it's in the, because Pinot Noir, Pinot Blanc, as you said also, it has some maybe mm-hmm. corners sometimes.
3: Yeah.
1: But it's really, yeah, very rounded. Just a good integration, I think it's almost on the edge of uh, aromatic mm-hmm. side, but still kind of neutral but very delicate. So, and what is you maybe what are you drinking in your free time? Um, of my own
2: wines or of, or of, uh, of wines that I
1: buy both maybe, <laughs> because uh, you probably have some aim if you or, or a special taste if you are an, a winemaker, right? But you want to follow.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been lucky and I've, I've grown into winery that is quite well known mm-hmm. and um, the quality we produce is quite high, so mm-hmm. I I mean, the bed is made, right? Yeah. So, um, but I still have different views on what my father produces and yeah. I still think I would change some, some things, but uh, not everything, right? There's nothing going wrong here, so there's not everything to change and it's quite the same with my personal taste of wines, I would say I like my wines always a little bit more on the acidity side, Mm -hmm. a little bit more acidity, a little bit um, slimmer and Mm -hmm. more straightforward, Mm -hmm. but um, I mean, I've known our soils and I've known our wines for quite some time, and I think we're still going to be winery that produces things that are still... Or have a lot of fruit with it because mm-hmm. that's just how this soil, how mm-hmm. fire works for us. Mm-hmm. But I think you could make it a quite, uh, quite uh, more modern with a, lo- a little bit more acidity. Yeah. And um, for our Pinot Blanc wines, I would say it's just easy drinking is the goal. Mm-hmm. Except for I, mean, I don't know the connection or yeah. and our high end mm-hmm. Pinot Blanc. Mm-hmm. Um, and same for my my private consumption, basically. But, I mean, I'm open to try anything, actually. Because that's the fun part, because there's so much variety in the market. Right. And um, then you just want to try everything and anything. And um, it's always you can always get some inspiration out of it. Yeah. Or, as I said, you can learn how you want to do it and how you don't want to
1: do it. Yeah, true. And also, I also ask because of the soil, because... Mm. Um, Volcanic soil is uh, has almost has a little hype nowadays, I think, mm-hmm. or more more and more people got into it, and maybe just look for the connections how these uh, different soil types and rock type and volcanic soils just have this also salty kind mm-hmm. of grip to it. Yeah, all of them, and you also mentioned it, so I'm um, also kind of curious if you look for. Specific wines which have maybe the same rock type or same microclimate.
2: Yeah, I mean it's always um, interesting to taste those, for mm. sure. Um, because you know, I don't know, uh, you know, the winemaker it, that he has the same soil, yeah. that he has the same philosophy, and I don't know what he does yeah. in the summer, yeah. stuff like that. Um, so that's always quite interesting to taste. But also, I just wanna I wanna try wines from all over the world. Mm-hmm. But um, for sure, I'm a big German wine drinker. Okay. And um, if I drink Riesling, it's a lot of um, I'd say colleagues from Naha, Then mm-hmm. I drink I drink Reiner, Reiner mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Then, and if I go to the Reds, it's a lot of Baden actually. Okay. So,
1: yeah. Which ones maybe? Baden? Which, which grape varieties? Yeah. Uh, Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Yeah, Noir. Yeah, okay.
2: Sure. I mean, but it's also Pinot Noir has a little hybrid now. Yeah. So. And if I if I drink uh, white racing, it's a lot of cabinet. Okay. But also hyped right now. So, mm-hmm. Which is good. Yeah. It's, it's just a fun, fun wine. Fun way of wine. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just yeah. like lemonade for grown-ups. True. And
1: the summer is coming, so. Yeah, lemonade for yeah. grown-ups, okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And
2: it's always, I mean, it fits always, right? It's Sunday, it's 4 p.m. in the afternoon. True. Cabinet. Yeah. Fine. It's middle of the night, cabinet exactly. is fine as well.
1: <laughs> so. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> Can we taste maybe the next one? Yeah,
2: for sure. So, next one would be Fomfels, which is my, I'd say, go-to wine for every day from us. Okay. So, it's um, a VDP Oldswein, <laughs> mm-hmm. made from all the Riesling vineyards in Treisen.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And for me, it's um, basically what I want from a, from a wine in like the starting category. Mm -hmm. being the connection of out of fruit and minerality as well Mm -hmm. and still it works on its own but also has enough uh, depth to it to work with food as well Mm -hmm. I I think
1: yeah it has a lot more minerality Mm -hmm. actually yeah Yeah, the little rock's starting to bump in in my mouth. (laughs) These these are more corners, but really Mm -hmm. delicate. So not this bladey when you have a sharp Mm -hmm. blade and you want to scratch your mouth, but...
2: Yeah, it's kind of... um, uh, Yeah, how you said, it's it's a little bit rocky, basically. Mm -hmm. And I think it's got some saltiness to it as well. But also you have this... Also, white peach, yeah. but more more fruity. White mm-hmm. peach, maybe maybe also a little bit exotic.
1: Yeah, for me, it's more citrus, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah, a bit more exotic, yeah. But it's in terms of uh, harvest, when, when do you harvest it from this? So, this plot? is
2: basically dry cabinet. Okay. So, early stages of, of, uh, of Riesling Harvest, I'd say people get it with the. Um, Ninety-ish, Ursula. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I mean, for me, it's more how the grapes taste and um, how I've known the vineyards to be at the point, right? Mm -hmm. I I mean, analysis like Ursula are important just to see are they are they ripe. Yeah. But you will always have to taste the grapes if they're if you're on the point where you want to be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also. Um, we have a lot of plots of Riesling in, in Treisen, so this is also out of different vineyards in Treisen, mm-hmm. which are coming together to mm-hmm. show how the sauce tastes here.
1: Mm. That's more animating also. Mm. <laughs> this I is mean, a...
2: the acidity is uh, way higher than the, in the Pinot than, blend before. Yeah. So, I
1: mean... Yeah, but the nose is also much more... It's really... So this is what you said, it's your everyday... Day wine, what you would like to drink? Yeah. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) And lease contact?
2: Mm, Also? Yeah, but not too long. I'm I'm trying to get them off the lease somewhere between December and January for Mm -hmm. the basic reasonings. Mm -hmm. And, um, And some, yeah, I'd say from the... Basically, at end of January, mm-hmm. February, latest, mm-hmm. we will separate them from the lease. Yeah,
1: but um, so how was the vinification for this one?
2: Um, it's stainless steel, mostly, um, mostly uh, how do you say it? with the, the um, just bought yeast? So, mm-hmm, just yeah. um, we don't use a lot yeast. of yeah, conversion, yeast, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't use a lot of wild yeast, mm-hmm. or, um which is part of also my, my father's philosophy. This mm-hmm. is something I, I'm more open to it than he is. Mm-hmm. But this is, we're just doing every year, we will have some more tanks that are um, ferment, well-fermented. Okay. And um, they work extremely well in blends. I mean, if I blend this wine, it's four or five different Rieslings, yeah. right, from Treisen. Yeah. So they can be one, one tank of uh, well-fermented and four tanks of commercial yeast. Mm-hmm. And it works quite well. I think, and um, yeah, completely stainless steel. We do use oak for uh, like old oak barrels for um, Riesling as well. For the comp- and um, we use big ones like 2400 liter ones, okay. which ha- I mean, they ha- don't have a lot of influence yeah. on it. And then we use small oak barrels for the GG's, mm-hmm. so 300 liters almost, almost a week. Mm-hmm. But um, our own sizes from our cooperage here mm-hmm. in the area.
1: You should try to. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. And why do you put the uh, GGs in smaller barrels?
2: Um, it, It's not all of the GGs, but um, for example, Felsenberg, we use a lot of oak with it. Mm-hmm. And it just complements the way of the vineyard, mm-hmm. in our opinion. And it's not some parts are fermented on oak and some are fermented on stainless steel la- later put on the oak so mm-hmm. it's a little bit lighter mm-hmm. yeah so.
1: but what does it maybe in the vinification what what is really the difference between a footer what you say for a three no footer is bigger no right?
2: footer is a thousand liters okay yeah so
1: a 300 liter
2: which would be, it would be okay uh, yeah, so I mean, how yeah.
1: would you say that it changes the wine A 300 liter and the I mean for in sure district you district.
2: have with the three hundred you have um definitely oak actually oak taste, not only micro oxidation you would mm-hmm. get from, from bigger barrels. And but still
1: after a second third, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's
2: it. it's used ten, fifteen times yeah. actually. Because um, for us like the usage it's it's mm-hmm. more like if it's a good barrel it'll it'll stay a good barrel yeah. and the impact will be less and less. But okay. um, still fine.
1: But do you get it more in the tannins or the aromas or what is texture? It's more the
2: aroma and texture, I'd mm. say. It it gets way more smooth, and, and this in combination with the good Riesling um, acidity, you have like a smooth, but not too heavy, um, but it's not too heavy, right? Yeah. And it kind of gives the wine some elegance, Mm-hmm. and a little bit more well-rounded, which okay. is quite the opposite of... Uh, which is not on oak, which is more st- the straightforward shooter, which is more, it has some edges to it, mm-hmm. but quite acidic. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those um, ways to, I don't know, influence it, but also mm-hmm. it's mostly, we mostly use oak for felsen back or as well as small parts of bust mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So those are the vineyards that work better with oak and then the other ones, which are more. Primary fruit such as mubek, we wouldn't put on oak because it was just it was it would just kill like the fruit net, fruitiness. Yeah, it would I don't know overlay it with oak.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I really asked this question because I work as a sommelier, but uh, I tried to work up those years which I didn't spend in and, honey, and <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> and...
2: yeah, I mean that's a lot of what I tell you is also I don't know. Seeing what have wor- what has worked and what yeah. hasn't
1: worked in yeah. the past, so mm. yeah. Also an instinct and also some tradition, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Tradition we, we always, always come back to this one. Yeah, always. <laughs> the
2: wine making in uh, old ca- like um, the old wine country is mm-hmm. always tradition. In yeah. the end. Yeah. Or how to break tradition? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but it's
1: also interesting to when we're talking about volcanic soils. Because I come from Hungary mm-hmm. and in the Balaton Uplands there are a lot of, so it's basically volcanic.
3: Okay. Yeah.
1: There are. And uh, there are a lot of wine makers who also experiment with a lot of uh, grape varieties. Mm-hmm. So, so for example, Blanc, Yeah. Blanc, which is not so traditional in, <laughs> in the Balaton Uplands. But also Rieslings and, you know, a lot of grape varieties. Sometimes I think some wine regions have a really big advantage if they have a traditional profile. Mm-hmm. Like also in terms of grape varieties and also in vinification. You know, when you buy, buy a bottle, you don't have to write the grape varieties on it or where does it come from, or yeah. maybe just where it comes from and you know what you're going mm-hmm. to get. Yeah. Also in terms of texture and aromas mm-hmm. and uh, ageability also. So I think... Uh, also because the napa is very uh, mixed not in mm-hmm. terms of not only in terms of soil but also in terms of maybe also grape varieties it uh, it really comes down to tradition and tradition of wineries what maybe and their their way of doing things and work with grape varieties and maybe they have maybe the napa also has more faces right Then only a a really, like if you think about Moselle, okay, Mm -hmm. that's Riesling. Oranga, that's Riesling. But Naya has more faces, right? Yeah, way
2: more faces. I mean, in lower Naya, there's a lot of Pinot Blanc, a lot of Mm -hmm. Chardonnay, a lot of uh, also Reds, right? Because they have the more loamy soils. And then you go middle and upper Naya is predestined for Riesling. They have the steep slopes, they have all those rocky soils. I mean, there's also steep slopes and rocky slopes in long yeah. Now, but uh, this is the main part where we are now. And um, since I think that's what's so hard for Nara na with the customers is that they can't put a finger on how should not taste. Yeah. I mean, if you think Rangoa, if you think Mosul as, yeah, a, as yeah. you said, you're gonna know what you're gonna get yeah. roundabout. And yeah. if you if you think nah it's yeah. I don't obviously. know. It always depends on the winemaker, and I. I've recently had some customers here that are also customers that put ons back and don't mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they know the way around now nah. yeah. And I say Treis Rotenfels is for me this is NAR, this is mm-hmm. NAR Riesling, mm-hmm. and they would say no way. The wines from Schloss so Kupfergrubefeld, nah. would be NAR for them, which are quite different. But I mean, we produce produce both areas, yeah. so. It um, <laughs> just depends
1: on where you lay your uh, focus at now. Yeah. I also refer to the Uplands because they don't have a really... I mean, they lost kind of during the communist uh, the, mm-hmm. the tradition and what the, kind of the grape right is as well in the face. Yeah. But they, they always come back to the soil because mm-hmm. they have all volcanic soil and that's the uh, that's the sticking part maybe yeah. between them. But you also have a lot of, a lot of soil types or rock mm-hmm. types, so it's also not... Uh,
2: yeah, maybe we we uh, just unite over having so many different soils. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know now now it's gonna be um lighter style Riesling, mm. I'd say. Yeah. Always mineral, um, always um, rocky, yeah. like always a little bit salty. Yeah. But and how you would describe it further it's just completely different mm-hmm. with every winemaker, I'd say. Mm. Yeah. I'd always say, yeah, lighter, lighter, more elegant, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. as acidic as Rheingau, yeah. and uh, not as warm as maybe Paz.
3: Yeah. yeah. Hmm.
2: So, next one, right? Next one, yeah. which, is, which is our biggest erste lager, and it's right uh, okay. in, uh, there in our village as well. Also, again, red volcanic soil, as I said, our, mm-hmm. our main soil. So this is basically the big brother of the Fungfell. Mm.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's also in terms of minerality. We go <laughs> up to level.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can just, if you see our our range of whistlings, you mm-hmm. could do from this vineyard, basically, you could do from the basic to the highest yeah. GG. You could just go up the ladder and always try one. And True. this is quite cool to just show people that um, we have so many different small vineyards mm-hmm. here in this town or in this village. And um, you can really show them what it means to go up in quality and to go mm. up in, um, in, yeah, more, if you put more work into it, more effort. then And you can taste it in the wine.
1: Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. But also I think the fruit is getting also riper. Yes. Yeah. These- so, almost this apricot kind of mm-hmm. direction. You should also tie. it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> mm. And this is a Premier Crew, right?
2: Yes, so it's a Premier Crew.
1: And um, where do you mostly sell your wines?
2: Um, mostly customers, right, uh, in the winery. So, okay. I'd say. 60-ish percent actually, even more, Um, then we do um, resellers as well, Mm -hmm. quite a few, then small amount of export, then also small amount of uh, restaurants directly, but Uh they're mostly handled from, or or with uh, the resellers basically.
1: But so the gastronomy is not your biggest. No, not, no, bad, no. Not
2: Our biggest is actually the customers that contact us directly. Okay. So, which is which was quite helpful for now for the prices.
1: Probably that yeah. that's why I also asked, because uh, yesterday for yeah. for example, Dio said that they mostly sell the restaurant mm-hmm. or Horaca, so
2: quite hard. Yeah. yeah. So we we've been quite lucky. Mm. I mean, for sure we've noticed, and um, yeah. I mean. They're also still quite good partners, yeah. the, the restaurants, and you don't want to see them suffer. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you will miss those, those incomes, but yeah. um, I'd say the customers, the private customers, they've drank more than before,
1: mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. Hmm. How would you describe this one, maybe?
2: I mean, I'm. Uh, your description is quite good. I think it's. Um, it's a quite mineral, but a warm mm-hmm. Riesling, but with, a, with an elegance to it because of the like the elegant acidity, and um, it's quite... Um, I mean, you said, you've said apricot, it's just those stone fruits, basically. Um,
1: really, because I think yeah. it's interesting to see, some, sometimes a Riesling can go really this happily, mm-hmm. direction. Uh, or this really other stone fruits, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, this PG Apricot is, yeah. is more on this side. So, yeah, you can list five descriptors, but it's not a WST uh, exam. <laughs> so, I don't actually prefer this. It's not, I think, not the most important part of a wine, but maybe just texture wise and uh, just to feel it. it's. I, I would also put it maybe between Rheingau and Falz. Or yeah, maybe, maybe
2: because you still have the acidity, yeah, but you have but those ripe right fruits trip. and these yeah. aromas from which you would expect from five. Exactly, but yeah. you have that lightness, yeah. that uh, yeah. has, I would
1: say it's more elegant than I uh, am. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. And more, how would you say, drink, drink fluffies uh, yeah, in the general? <laughs> like,
2: how would you say it in English? I don't know. I don't know. You want to drink it, kind yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. of.
1: But it is. No yeah.
2: That, and that's also our aim, as I said, for yeah. every wine we make. No. because in the end,
1: No. just so about food. the
2: glasses and bottles yeah. you drink, and um, yeah. it's always supposed to be fun and not hard work. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes I enjoy, enjoy a wine that you can sit with for hours and it changes and yeah. it changes, and you're you're thinking what is happening, and you're, you're trying to get into the wine, but in the end, yeah. you've drank a bottle over the whole night, and if you want to sit with friends, you want to drink a lot of bottles, and sure. you want to just have fun and enjoy. It.
1: Sure. Exactly, um, hear the whispers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it is. I, I imagine it would change, or it's good to. I, I, I this is. I, I have some categories of mm-hmm. of wine in my mind, and uh, I think that's that fits the one that you have to buy a bottle in a restaurant, and you can kind of drink the whole evening with it. Mm-hmm. Because it's also, it would be nice, I think, with a uh, garlic cream soup as well. Oh yeah. But it would be also nice with some desserts, which has maybe some mascarpone or things mm-hmm. like this, because it's nice, because it has some salinity but not aggressive acidity, and it would complement o- almost everything because it has this really inorganic element to it. I think mm-hmm. so. Did it, it slight salinity, but this kind of, but not on the magnesium side, which mm-hmm. you have some sweetness, but really this salinity kind yeah. of rocky element. But it has some, yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah really, really nice. yeah for
2: me like this is how now Riesling tastes mm-hmm. so this is just if you would taste now Riesling that's that's it for me So if you go to any other winery they would have another one that yeah. tastes completely different yeah. which would be now Riesling for
1: them yeah do you also have like maybe older vintages that you tried or you could try
2: uh yeah we have um we have seven so, we in the winery we still have 17, 18, 19, mm-hmm. so, and um, I have, yeah, I have them here, but we try, we try to keep more stock of the old vintages, but right. it's hard. And, and I <laughs> you sell it and you're like, oh, sh- yeah. I was supposed to keep, I don't know.
1: Yeah, true. And yeah. B- b- that was maybe the oldest that you tried. I also ask it because of ageability, maybe. Of this one? Mm, probably, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I
2: mean, I don't know, actually. <laughs> I mean, as I said, our stock is quite low on, on mm-hmm. aged wine. And um, for this one, it's always... I mean, my parents always um, were more the people of what is sold is fine. Uh-huh. So um, <laughs> they didn't keep stock of any of those. Okay. And we've, we have them, some of the uh, GGs in stock. So I think the oldest GG of ours that I have drunk is uh, two, 2007. But hmm. I mean, we haven't started beforehand with yeah, GGs, true. right? Yeah. So it started somewhere there. Mm-hmm. And um, they are great. I, depending on the vintage, I mean, yeah. but seven, thirteen is great as well. 10 was good. Like, right, or I had a time Magnum of mm-hmm. 10, which was great. I mean, yeah, it's always <laughs> fun if you have them. I have some have aged GGs, but it's hard to find them. Mm-hmm. Even for us in our storage
1: yeah. yeah i guess so but it's uh
2: i mean for this one i'd say five years uh-huh.
1: for Sure. yeah at least yeah Yeah. okay nice do you have a uh, the bus style also as you uh, said, yes right? um, and also baby, oh yeah, so we have another soil. Okay. i will just get it okay me. So, so now this one would be Kupfergrube. Kupfergrube. Um,
2: it it has been open a few days, but I think it's quite good because mm-hmm. you can see how it would change with some mm-hmm. um, oxidation because it's one of it's quite closed up right now actually. So that's why I chose chose the open bottle. Okay. Okay.
1: Eighteen minutes, right? So how was the how was this vintage here?
2: Mm-hmm. Eighteen. Um, I'd say one of the more easy vintages and complicated mm-hmm. basically. basically. Um, not I mean less rain than we needed it but we almost got used to it mm-hmm. so it's just it was quite hot mm-hmm. um, the most beautiful grapes we've ever had so it's just oh, okay. they look like they were painted there was <laughs> nothing on them you could just our our team was um, harvesting so fast because it was just so easy they just took every grape mm-hmm. and everything was ripe that was good we started quite early um, actually Fourth of September, maybe. So it's the earliest we've ever harvested. Mm-hmm. Um, three weeks earlier than normal. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's yeah more on the like not the wine but the at har- uh, the vintage is more mm-hmm. on the heavier side, more, mm-hmm. more fruit, more body. Mm-hmm. And for me, I like the slimmer years, 19, yeah. 17, 16. Uh-huh. But my father, he prefers 15, 18, Uh 3. The warmer uh ones. But I mean, that's also fun to see.
1: Yeah, it's not, the nose is not too intense, I would say.
2: No. But um, it never is with this one, in my Uh opinion. And um, I think now with a little bit more. It started, it shows a little bit more of this like darker soil. There is way less fruit mm-hmm. than any other of our wines.
1: I, I'm actually struggling to find some fruit. yeah. yeah. <laughs> because and in it's the nose... Quite... Yeah. Um, what do you
2: say? Yeah, there's just nothing but stone and soil. Well. Yeah,
1: true. Yeah. No, so, I don't really get the flesh of the grape. Mm-hmm. I, I get the skin and um, where it came from. You, you don't taste them more?
2: Uh, no,
1: no. white's well, not. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's a whole cluster.
1: Mm. Yeah. But um, the nose has more fruit, I, th- I think. Um, yeah. This white gray fruit kind of thing. Yeah,
2: white well, fruit, Because it has this light, light bitterness or yeah. like, at least phenolic. True. Yeah. Part of. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And maybe light gingery character, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, this maybe also a hint of this white peppery kind it of these scraps.
3: Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah, it's really it's far from fruit, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> and I
2: mean that that's like now for you, right? That's yeah. Seven kilometers from here. Mm-hmm. It's completely different.
1: completely different. Now. But it's uh, also these four wines, or at least the yeah. three, the vislings, it was really the, from the fruity till the. Trinkflust? <laughs> from the yeah. fruity till the. To mm-hmm. really this. Mm-hmm. And this rocky.
0: Wow. I've got some more. Wow.
2: I, I, have a, I have a word in mind. I don't know it in, in, um, in English. You know, cock? Kark, yeah. So there's um, nothing there. It's yeah, just like, Kark, Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sparse, sparse. Okay. No, I don't know, but it's um, for me. It's, and also, I think it's it's a weird thing to say, but I think it tastes or you can taste that the soil is darker. Mm, yeah. It tastes dark, kind of. right? Mm-hmm, because yeah. the other ones are so fruity and they're yeah. so um. You taste it. They have those warm the warm influence of the sun there's yeah. warm fruits as well yeah
1: true and for this one it's always safe like no yeah. but also as you described the vintage i actually expected a bit more a bit more ripe fruit aromas mm-hmm. but that's the, really this this but you cannot really taste rocks i mean this is just a sensation but it's really overtones and this yeah. really this layer on it but it's it really needs some food i think
2: yeah for sure I, but um, for me, it's one of my favorite um, vi- vineyards, actually, yeah. because it's so different uh-huh. and it's so special and True. it's one of those, I, as I said, it's it's so, it's so quite slim and straightforward shooting, mm-hmm. but um, still elegant and, yeah, I, I just...
1: Yeah. And it's really I'm, a, a gastro wine, I would yeah, say. Yeah, for it. sure. And it's one of
2: those that is hard to sell to private customers yeah. because they don't know how to handle it and... True. Um, With some
1: salty fish, it would be yeah. really nice. With some sea wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh, but I mean, it's also super young. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it started to close up like two or three months ago. Before mm-hmm. it was quite more open. There was also a little bit more fruit. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it just needs some time. Mm. And
1: um... can I have another sip? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Do you have maybe, like, a favorite wine region outside Germany which you drink? That's
2: quite hard.
1: Because uh, if you really like this wine or this one of your favorite, uh, I also maybe would go back to the volcanic soil, the <laughs> volcanic terroirs. Because yeah. sometimes I would get this. I I once had a wine from, um, what is this, Port Azores? Alright.
2: Oh, right, yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, I don't remember the grape variety anymore, but mm-hmm. uh, they had this really, like, this... This smoky, but that's mm-hmm. a really a smoky character, yes. and this, I think that's mm-hmm. a, that's kind of similar, or like a Greek wine from an, like an Assyrtiko, but it's mm-hmm. really yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. This,
1: this this kind of, I wouldn't say it in a blind tasting that it's a riesling, to be honest, not really? because it has it has a higher acidity, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have the riesling notes in my yeah, mind. It has that a, a rom- uh, like it doesn't
2: have that many aromas,
1: yeah. like yeah. springing idea. Yeah, but yeah. it really reflects this place. Mm-hmm. It's
2: a, I mean, yeah. if you see the vineyard, it's like, I mean, I, I have some
1: pictures Yeah. I can show you. Hmm. Um, and also, I can show you the soil. It's good, Anna. So, the
2: ones we had before. And we're this is the red volcanic soil we have, right? Uh-huh. So this is the stones. This is also uh, from what this, um, the cliff is made of. Mm-hmm. So this is all, um, it's red because of the oxidation of um, iron. Iron. Yeah, iron oxidation. And um, the one from Kupfokuba is this one.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. So,
2: and you have a little bit more air and also different other stones. So this is quartz, I okay? think. Mm-hmm. And if you see the when you're, um, so our part is here, and you uh-huh. have this cliff, just, just like small it. cliffs just behind it, right? Uh-huh. And this is all Kupfergrube, and this is a lot of, it is of Gut We and you have uh, Schäferfölz here, mm-hmm. and this is ours, this is ours as well, but this is uh, less, way less steep, this is mm-hmm. what we use for a cabinet, for example. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so you see, it's just also, again, just rocks.
1: Yeah. Sparse? what you said sparse. Sparse. Sparse, <laughs> sparse, I think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
2: mean, if you look at this and you drink the wine, it just fits
1: right? Yeah. And what is this uh, green?
2: Um, This is copper. So the name, Kupfergrube, is basically copper pit. And it's green? Copper uh, goes green, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you have those old copper statues, oh, in yeah, cities. Oh, uh, yeah, When it's oxidized. Pictures, yeah. Okay. It's in German, there's a word for it. It's Span. Okay. so it's just copper turning green and this mm-hmm. is copper and that's why hmm? is called copper pit yeah nice. <laughs> that's where it's got its name from
3: <laughs>
1: mm. wow wow this is uh, i just cannot spit it out <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I really like this wine. Mm-hmm. Like it with the salty character. Yeah,
2: sure.
1: this They have something extra to them, I think.
2: Yeah, if you imagine um, this, like the files being uh, way more, and then you have you've got kind of the Grip of what. Steinbeck and Mühlberg would be, yeah. and I think this is so completely different, yeah. and that's why it's so fun. Mm. And um, it's just, I don't know, black and white.
1: Yeah, it's just really.
2: Complete opposite. Even though you know, I mean, you taste it, and you both, it, it, with both, you taste it, its volcanic so mm.
1: What is maybe your aim or your future goals with the minions? Do you want to experiment as well as your father or your grandfather with something?
2: Um, I think just, um, I don't know, it'll It'll turn out as I go, I don't know. I'd say I still want to have my focus on Riesling for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to produce more Chardonnay because we have just one vineyard and I think it's an underrated grape and it just works well right now, but I think it's just a grape that will would always or always work well. Ex- example for uh, for example like the oxbow and blend, it okay. would always work. Well. Uh-huh. And I like it a lot as well for just like, uh-huh. in my in my to drink, to drink right? Uh-huh. And I think um, if you also go on those sports, so chardonnay mm-hmm. it's, it's going to yeah. be interesting, maybe. Hmm. I don't know, and. Um,
1: it's also because of the sparkling because you also produce sparkling. Yeah?
2: We do produce sparkling, but it's not one of my um, my priorities. Uh-huh. I'd say it's. I mean, it's a fun fun thing to produce, yeah. but as, uh for me, everything is supposed to be in the focus.
1: Mm-hmm. And you also have a you work conventionally now in the Dominator, yeah. and you also want to go more into this biodynamic kind of direction.
2: Uh, biodynamic, no, mm-hmm. um, more more acting more uh, closer to nature for sure uh-huh. but for now we haven't found the way to just be organic with mm-hmm. um, in our vineyards mm-hmm. but um, I think we should just as much as needed but as little
1: as possible mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so and you also want to like maybe do something in the cellar which kind of experimental maybe in the future or in terms of winemaking which you would like to try out
2: um i won't be the person to produce orange wine or natural wines Uh for sure because it's i think it's kind of fun to drink it once in a while but it's Mm -hmm. something that that speaks for me as as a winemaker from tradition right and having all those vineyards and i think for me, it's not that kind of wine that is produced that shows where it comes from. I mean, if you taste this wine and you see the vineyard, you can just put the wine and the picture together. Yeah. And I feel like that's the most important thing to just be true to what you have and what you own mm-hmm. and what you can produce out of the vineyard. Yeah. And um, for me, it's more those small, small changes I want to make. And yeah. um, experiment in small experiments, but not with a big bang, and saying I don't know, it's all for us now, or granite, mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah. it's just to like step by step and find my find my style of not typical and wrestling, mm-hmm. and also for r- wines <laughs> that are completely showing from what vineyard they're
1: coming from. Mm-hmm. Would you also maybe plan to open some winery uh, or restaurant here?
2: I don't you, know if, if someone else will take care of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> because it's
1: a beautiful place what you have it also is, the garden
2: it is so um we have some events where we use it like I, we have always have one um concert and in, in start of september okay so and it's always almost always outdoors here in the in the yard mm-hmm. and it's um it's so it's jazzy poppy music mm-hmm. and we have like 300 people coming just enjoying the music mm-hmm. um that's fun. Then we have the annual tasting and I started some tastings that are for smaller groups of 20 people mm-hmm. and always inviting another uh, female winemaker. Mm-hmm. So it's just because there are not too many female winemakers but I think there are great female winemakers in Germany and um, also all over. And it's always fun to just Try wines, and I mean, it's for our customers, but every customer it's fun to just learn or just meet new people and meet new yeah, wineries, true. right? Yeah, so I've had um Hannah Selbach from Selber from, from Mosul with okay. me, then I, it was planned with, uh, planned with Lisa Bund from Nierstein, but I mean, it was cancelled yeah. because of Corona, mm. and um, I did one with uh Julia Seifert. From mm-hmm. Diefenhard and Langau mm-hmm. and also VDP winery and it's just fun to to taste different wines from different areas with a like smaller group of people and um in the summer times we use the garden. So it's just like small tables in the garden outside and mm-hmm. just like a chill wipe. coming like <laughs> hanging out, tasting a little bit of wine, yeah. eating a bit of food. And, uh,
1: and how is it actually to to be a Female winemaker. Do you have uh, disadvantages, or do you have advantages, or do you have?
2: It depends on where you're going. I think um, being a female winemaker. um, I I've I've been once asked if females produce other uh, different wines from Mm males, and I think everybody, every winemaker produces just different wines and doesn't. It it isn't uh, combined with um, the sex or gender, and um, I think. Being a female winemaker is still a special, but even, even though there are so many more women in the industry. And um, for sure there are situations where people won't take you for like mm-hmm. won't exe- expect that you know stuff or that you that you can hold your ground. Yeah. And I mean there there's been situations where uh, I've been working, I don't know, on a truck and stripping stuff down or stuff and I don't know and um, people coming over and saying if oh, they should call a man to help me and stuff like mm-hmm. that and, I mean <laughs> I think that's for every woman in, in male based uh, uh, job. jobs uh-huh. yeah but it can be harder but it also can be I mean maybe there are also advantages I don't know it's mm-hmm. just I wouldn't think of winemaking as a male male job but also, I mean, it's 80-90% miles. Right? Yeah, true. Yeah. If, I, I've had talks with the, the owner of a winery, and he was asking me about, or asking me and a friend, about I don't know, what tractor to buy and stuff. It was, it was in Canada. And uh, we were standing there, three people, and he was asking the guy all the questions. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm the one that... Owns those tractors and knows how to drive them. Mm-hmm. He has. He's from our valley. He has super steep slopes, so yeah. he never uses a tractor. How should he? He know, yeah. right. So it's quite. A, mm-hmm. I think you're not seen as as competent as you as you are sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, otherwise, you also have sometimes more of the spotlight on you because just you're, because you're a female, yeah. right? It's just. Yeah. I don't
1: know. <laughs> so that's really a silver lining. DJ yeah. I
2: and also it's a lot of the old people that come to you and ask i don't know where's your husband who's no. is your husband making no. the wine i'm like why <laughs> and once a woman asked me like so are you making the wine I'm like yeah yeah that's my job yeah She's like and what does your husband do <laughs> first i've got no husband i don't know i can work without a man and also no. And our my boyfriend, he's a winemaker as well, but in mm-hmm. another winery. And yeah. It's just people are always stunned that you're that's your main job, yeah. being a winemaker.
1: But I, I hope to see more. Actually, it's kind of I think similar to politics. Yeah, I, for sure. A yeah. lot of people think, okay, politicians they should be made. Yeah. yeah. But I think the world will be, or actually, has gotten better since we have more m- m- female politicians. <laughs> And I yeah. think the wine world is also because diversity. I think is really good for the wine world too. Yeah, And for also sure. nothing, not only in terms of winemakers, but also in terms of wine regions. So more and more up and coming. So for example, yesterday we we drank a Chardonnay from the Czech Republic.
2: Cool.
3: That's
1: nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I never heard. I never even drank a Czech wine from the Czech yeah, Republic. And then it was. I mean, it was really interesting, kind of fishy nose, to be honest. <laughs> but it's interesting, you know, just to, yeah. as you said, just to try. Yeah,
2: you know, just to see what's happening all yeah, the Yeah, true. Uh, I was, um, like, working in Canada in the wine industry. It was The fun part was that nobody that worked there started out in the wine industry, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So everybody here either grows up in a winery, mm-hmm. grows up in a wine region, some of the people come from gastro, uh, like gastro, yeah, yeah. yeah, but everything, everybody has some connection to wine. Yeah. And my cellar um, master, or like the winemaker mm-hmm. in the winery, he was he studied biology, and then he was a full-time brewer. So he brewed beer for mm-hmm. years, and then he turned to winemaking because mm-hmm. he think it's, thinks it's more fun and it's more of an art. Uh-huh. And everybody else there didn't start out in the wine industry. And they were so much more open-minded yeah, to every true. possibility. And um, I, I think that's one of the most beautiful things in the wine industry. Because everybody is like, yeah, I'll try anything. Mm-hmm. And if it's not my taste, it's fine. right? right? It's quite tolerant. Yeah, I
3: think. True.
2: Or can be. Not every time. I yeah. mean, there's also those hardcore, I don't know, There are some, traditionalists. But, but
1: yeah. Yeah, but...
2: Uh, <laughs> I think wine brings people together.
1: I think so, The and also a good talking point, because I just remember another Chardonnay, mm-hmm. for example, from Argentina when we uh, set at the park. That was a completely other Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. So when we are just talking about uh, planting Chardonnay.
3: Yeah.
1: It's, and it's in, in Argentina or in the Czech Republic, they all produce the same French grape, and they want to aim for something different, but it's really just... I think it's uh, a in that mm. you you yeah, can really sure. just uh, use this product or artwork or I don't know how, mm-hmm. but just uh, a positive example of uh, globalization. I think.
2: Yeah,
1: for <laughs> sure, yeah. So, so maybe can we try the Queen or the King or I don't yeah, know?
2: Yeah, the best time. <laughs> or I don't know. Thank you. So,
1: yeah. But all of these wines have really lighter color, this uh, straw-like, oh. or?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, we... Don't aim for color. It's yeah.
1: just
2: so <laughs> quite long, right? There's so it, it still stays in your mouth and it goes on and on and on. Yeah. I think that's a fun part. So just so you can see it again. So this is the clip, right? Mm-hmm. And right underneath is the vineyard. So this part here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's uh, 0.5 hectares for us. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just as you see, Cliff, winyard Street, Railroad, and...
1: And the na- na- this is an area This is an area It's quite small. Yeah.
2: And, um... It's still a steep slope
1: right here, so... But we also saw some fences which uh, maybe blocks uh, the rocks falling down. Right, the road. Yeah. So how, how can you... It's quite dangerous. <laughs> do like so,
2: apparently, always when I've been in the vineyard it's fine. Uh-huh. It, it all... It there was only once a car driving into the vineyard there, so it was, but it drove in there like a few hours after we've been there. Okay. And then we've got the fences. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there are those fences blocking um, the street so there won't be rocks falling down. Yeah. And um, it n- never happened something with us but we try not to get go in the vineyard when there is a lot of um, temperature change so oh, when, okay. when they crack it off, right? when they're uh-huh. cracking. so we won't go in there when it's cold and the sun will be on it hmm. right? so we will go there before the sun will be there at I don't know, 9, 10 <laughs> and um, I just, I've just just recently heard the story from my father that there's once once has been a guy working there that was almost hit, but it was, I don't know, in the 50s or something. Mm-hmm. And um, that person never went there again. So, yeah. I don't know. But all our, our workers has, have been saved so far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you
1: are a listener, actually, you should check out the video. Or, or I will also put uh, some pictures in the, on Instagram. Yeah, but sure. it's really, like, if you see it, it's...
2: Yeah, you should it's also if you drive there, you should just go in, inside yeah, and just walk there. You can yeah. uh, park here mm-hmm. or there, okay, and just walk into the Yeah, yeah. okay. It's quite, quite cool. Also, I don't know if it stops raining. There's um this cool walk up on the hill. You can walk along the cliff.
1: mm mm-hmm. and that cool. is a viewpoint, no? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You could do
2: that too if you if you drive up uh-huh. and you do like you walk fast. It's 30, 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, yeah, walk. Okay.
1: That's one bottle of wine in the road. Yeah. <laughs> <for sure>. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but it's really like you are. A, yeah. You 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 make a lot of sacrifice and uh, <laughs> to work with yeah. these vignettes. and also quite uh, difficult. I would imagine just to stay there, right, in the steep terraces. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because it's just because you have no hard ground to stand yeah. on, right? Because everything really stone. Like, it's almost almost like walking on um, on dunes yeah. right, with the sand uh-huh. because but, but it's all small rocks, yeah. yeah. but I mean, if you have wines like that later on, it, I think it's worth it.
1: But it's I, I still feel the wine in my mouth mm-hmm. and I found it in these little corners or mm-hmm. signs in the mouth. But it, I, I get more fruits in this yeah. and sure. more in this kind of yellow apple this queens kind of aromas but almost this preserved kind of aromas as you as the time goes on mm-hmm. because the other one the Kupfer, uh, group that was it really grabbed my mouse at some yeah. point and it just it just wanted to squeeze out you know it's really sparse mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really like no fruit it's just want to want to fight kind of but this is this is a luxury wine luxury yeah. so I wine.
2: always if I tasting and I always call this the more monumental one mm-hmm. because there's so much going on. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's got it's so long, it's quite it's so dense. Mm-hmm. Also you have like complete minerality, but also the fruit. Yeah. Right? True. And that's what I said. I think if you see all those faces of this porphyry wines, yeah. you will always have the fruit. Mm-hmm. I don't know, how should I produce a wine that is sparse as Kupfer Kupfer from this <laughs> soil right yeah so i think it's kind of in the dna of the porphyry uh-huh. to be still to always have some fruit in it yeah and um, even in this the most concentrated you will get it yeah. you still have the fruit yeah So that's quite fun and um
1: True. and so much extraction too they mm-hmm. also have this data maybe or you can, you look at this data dry extraction
2: uh, yeah, we look at um, yeah at the extract we look, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. but from this one, I don't know, mm. I, I just, I always when we get the analysis, we just look at it and think, oh, that's a lot or that's not a lot, and, uh-huh. and you can always um, combine uh-huh. it with how the year went, right, because sure. extraction always works together with uh, with how well was the, um, the vine fed with the water yeah. um, and mm. yeah, minerals. But um, I mean, I always also say that um, I mean everybody knows that the harder the grape or the vine has to work, the yeah, more flavorful like and more concentrated yeah. the wine will be, and I think that's quite a perfect example. So. For it's just I, I can show you a picture on my phone I have of um, a vine on the soil. So where is it? I mean. There you go, right?
1: So, <laughs> yeah, so it's basically no the Yeah, right. There's just but No topsoil. Yeah. <laughs> just uh... <So. laughs> And um, this is all the colors of,
2: mm-hmm. of pop fiery,
1: basically. Wow, nice. Mm-hmm. Wow, you, you should put those on Instagram.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I had them... I put all those pictures together for an online tasting of uh-huh. all the Gigi's G GG mm-hmm. and I actually should post those on Instagram. I mean, I've been doing more, on Instagram, I, but yeah. I still could be doing so much more. Mm,
1: but it's, a, I think it's a really w- worth following those uh, of binaries, however, because it's also a really great platform, Instagram, I think, mm-hmm. just to follow up the, the background. <coughs> yeah, but stories. the hard
2: part is to, for the person using those, um, or for me, as I should be filling those, or it should be filling Instagram. For me, it's super hard to understand when my work yeah. is interesting for other people because yeah. it's just my day-to-day business, right? Mm. You go about and do your thing, and then when you're and you go home, you're like, I maybe I should have posted that uh-huh. because people would be thinking it's super interesting and are so into yeah, it. True. And for me, it's just
1: yeah.
2: a day at the office, basically, right?
1: Yeah. You know, also my social media manager says sometimes uh-huh. that I should <laughs> <laughs> I yes. should I should post more because yeah, maybe for me it's. Uh, that I drink wine every day and mm-hmm. that I taste. I make tasting notes. Mm-hmm. But maybe for some people it would be interesting how to look up uh, things and just to look, just to see also in books maybe yeah. how or for you in the winery. But what, what what you look for in the winery how to rack it actually because mm. you know. I, yesterday we cleaned the barrel. <laughs> <So I really? laughs> I never seen never seen those and it's interesting and because maybe some people who are who were never. Who were never in the cellar, they mm-hmm. didn't know that the yeast you should um, bring out with a special brush yeah. from the barrel and it how really to seal it with wax and you know, mm-hmm. like how would you know? Yeah, it? But true. it's interesting. It's a really it's craftsmanship, I think, and yeah. it's uh, so few professions mm-hmm. nowadays which is really hard work and handwork yeah, craftsmanship. You cannot really go to a factory and make wine because you need them. yeah. yeah. So at least
2: to make some,
1: like at least if you're making wine, that has some like, character, yeah. character yeah, and true. origin. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yesterday I also felt in the in the salad that, you know, for for them, as you said, it's day to day business. But I felt like um, a guy in a circus. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <know>, it's like.
2: <laughs> I mean, for me, it's always if I go someplace where I know the. Person working is doing their work right, and they yeah. know what they do. Yeah. It's always so fun to watch, right? Yeah. I mean, even if you're at the hairdresser and they're cutting your hair, yeah. Know, yeah exactly. What are they doing? I don't even. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of for, a lot of this, or it's the same for a lot of people thinking about winemakers. Yeah. If they see them working, they're like, "Whoa, that's how it works!" Exactly. And, yeah. And they seem to know what they're doing. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, and you just go by routine and.
2: Yeah. Always, so and I mean, as every person, every day, you're sometimes
1: like, I don't know if that's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, but this this wine really, really great length. The other one, I really miss the fatness. Mm-hmm. I think my in, from a food. Yeah. From a food pairing, it really needs some maybe some grilled kind of fatty, maybe a pig, mm-hmm. what you mentioned, kind yeah. of this fatty protein, slightly burned kind of thing. But this wine, I think the best type would go well with a lot of dishes. Yeah, for sure. And also with a lot of um, kind of creamy things. Yeah. But also a lot of sauces. Because mm-hmm. uh, it has the body, it has the acidity, it has the complexity. For me,
2: this is also wine that would work well. I mean, you said like the smoky stuff with the, Gu- the Copacudo. Mm-hmm. But also this, if you have um, Bastaille mm-hmm. and you have it a little bit more aged. Uh-huh. It, for me, there is no use in like a red wine for meat anymore. Because mm-hmm. aged... Riesling also works <laughs> Yeah. Work perfectly well with like but, uh, big meat, yeah, like, like big, big cuts or anything right from the grill. Yeah. Like great. Yeah. Or also for, like, um, I don't know, uh, for stews and stuff. Works great yeah. too. Yeah. There's so there's so much density and length and. True. Yeah, it's um, a stereotype that needs to be. Washed so away, washed yeah. Away, exactly. you only can drink red to to meat. Yeah. And I think it works out great.
1: Yeah, but and also. Especially if aged. Yeah. But also you can drink uh, red with fish. That's another yeah, thing we sure. should be washed like
2: away. Elegant, like slightly yeah. acidic, yeah, you know, not or, so tonic, or yeah, not so tonic, not yeah. not so like, super fruity. Yeah. Like more.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like for example, the guy yesterday showed me. A um, a bottle 1949 Beaujolais.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: like this is really a, a gummy it mm-hmm. would be also really nice with fish but that's a lot of people as you said aged Riesling a lot of people don't think uh, about light uh, or thin skinned grape varieties that they could age mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. only Pinot Noir maybe but that's not true that's really not uh, really this wine could also develop with age. not just Cabernet Sauvignon like yeah. that, so that's an also another thing that should be cleared out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you very much, Rebecca. Would you like to add something maybe more, or do you have some actualities which you like to promote maybe? I don't know. <laughs>
2: um, no, actually, I don't
1: know. You also have a lot of sweet wines as well. I have
2: a lot of sweet wines. We could maybe drink a cabinet. Hmm? I mean, cabinet is always fun. Okay. You could drink the cabinet from Kupferkoben, so you can see how it is in comparison in sweet.
1: Okay,
2: so yeah. that could be oh, so 18 yeah,
0: okay. and it could mm-hmm. be nice. Yeah, that's uh, and that's actually the end of our conversation, because the charming cabinet has made me forgot about the very purpose I arrived to this wonderful winery for. So, we really enjoyed our staying at the Dr. Crucius winery, and I can still remember all those wines singing their sense of Place in that alluring tasting room in Triesen. So I urge you to look for our video and about the past IGG on the WineGhost's Instagram or YouTube channel. And of course, try the Crucius wines for yourself. And I promise, they won't delude you. Did you like this episode and want to hear more? Would you recommend me a new guest or just want to get in contact? Then please leave your rating on iTunes under the channel or send me an email to the email address in the description or contact me in the WineGhost's Instagram or Facebook site. See you next week and keep on enjoying the ghosts.